We want to start uh, this morning reading from the Old Testament, from the book of Exodus, from the 21st chapter. Uh, this is a, a passage of, of uh, scripture where various laws are, are um, being described, and this is one of them for the people of Israel. If people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined. Whatever the, husband, the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. And then turning to the New Testament, first from the book of Romans, where the Apostle Paul says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And then finally, these words from Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, fifth chapter, where Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. <clears throat> but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anybody slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Amen. What's so hard about these words that we just read from Jesus is that uh, it just seems totally contrary to human nature. Turn the other cheek. Don't resist an evil person. Let them hit you again. Offer no resistance. Refuse to retaliate. It just seems so downright unnatural. It just doesn't seem very realistic. If we are attacked, then of course we're going to defend ourselves. If somebody throws a punch at us, we're going to hit them back with the right jab, right? Now, we understand the principle, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The human race has lived for a long time by this moral principle. Uh, God gave this law to Israel through, through Moses. And uh, in doing so, he was not encouraging retaliation, but rather was trying to place a limit on the extent to which one could retaliate and exact revenge. God was saying in this law, what's called the, in fancy words, lex talionis, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, God was saying the punishment must fit the crime. So if there is a serious injury, says the law, then you are to take life for life, an eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise, but no more. Personal injury must not lead to unreasonable, excessive retaliation. In other words, if your neighbor steals your ox, 
You are not therefore licensed to put a, a raiding party together and to go and take away your neighbor's entire herd and kill his family. The punishment must fit the crime. So when God says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that was actually a moral advancement at the time. It keeps retaliation revenge in check. The punishment must fit the crime. That's actually a principle of the law courts back then, and uh, it's the foundation of justice still today, right? But here's the thing. Jesus goes farther than that. He's even more radical. Listen again to his words. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, offer him the other one also. Someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, then let him have your coat as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, then go two miles. Now, these words immediately raise a lot of questions in our mind. Maybe you have wondered about them, as if, you know, you've no doubt, or many of you have read these before. Does this mean, therefore, that we are to become doormats? And that we should allow ourselves to be taken advantage of by other people. If a burglar forces his way into your home, do we simply stand there? We don't resist him. We just let him take whatever he wants and, you know, show him the jewelry box. If he starts to hurt our family, again, do we just kind of stand there? Don't resist an evil person? Inflicting injury on your family? Now, uh, try and think of Jesus' words on a, on a national or international uh, scale. If our country is invaded by a foreign enemy, does obeying Jesus mean that we should offer no resistance and just turn the other cheek? Should the government, should the state Never resist an evil person, even one so evil as Adolf Hitler? Should we allow criminals to run amok because we're not supposed to resist evil? Leo Tolstoy, who was the great 19th century Russian novelist, took Jesus' words literally to mean that evil should never be resisted at any time, and therefore we should abolish law courts, judges, the police, and the army. Tolstoy wrote that when Jesus said, don't resist evil, he meant what he said. So we uh, actually have to be careful here because if we, like Tolstoy, take Jesus' words with wooden literalism, then we make Jesus say what he never meant to say. Our Lord is out to make one point, one major point. It's to draw attention to one principle, the part about turning the other cheek and allowing the other person to have your coat and going the second mile are simply illustrations of this one principle. And here's the principle. As a matter of personal relations, don't let resentment and the desire for revenge get a foothold in your life. 
Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate, for it only makes matters worse. Let it go. If someone hurts you, don't hurt them in return. If someone insults you, don't feel like you have to insult them back. If it's possible, repay evil with good. Now notice I say that Jesus' words apply to personal relations. I don't believe with Tolstoy that we should get rid of the law courts and abolish the police and the army. I mean, can you imagine? They don't forbid governments from the use of all force, nor does it mean that a country should not defend itself and retaliate in times of war. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans says that God has given the state a divine mandate to punish wrongdoers and preserve the peace. But no, Jesus' words apply to the personal realm, to human relationships, and the principle again is that in our Christian freedom, we should not always insist on our own rights and retaliate when we have been offended or hurt, because it does only make matters worse, escalating the cycle of bitterness and hatred. And the Lord knows we've had enough of that already. Now, um, I know you guys are into media, you're very media savvy, you all know what's going on in the world, and I would be surprised if uh, you have not heard of Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live, who made a very poor joke, uh, what, a week ago, I guess, about uh, Dan Crenshaw, uh, who uh, was, a Navy, was a Navy SEAL, uh, lost an eye uh, in Afghanistan, and uh, uh, Pete Davidson seemed to make light of his sacrifice and likened Crenshaw to a hitman in a porno flick. Uh, you, know, you know, probably you guys have heard that. Um, and, uh, and Crenshaw, however, to his credit, refused to respond in kind. He said, I don't want to ask for apologies Let's try harder not to be offended in this country all the time. I mean, let's try not to be offended sometimes because everybody's a victim and everybody's being offended and everybody's hitting back and it makes for a, a jungle of a society, right? We're all experiencing it. And the anger gets, gets greater and greater and greater to the point where people are talking about an actual civil war. I mean, really? Let's try harder not to be offended all the time. You don't have to respond to every offense and every insult. I mean, there's just a lot of truth in what he had to say in, his own, in this particular circumstance. Um, so it's, it's more important than ever, says Crenshaw, that we, uh, that we respect our fellow citizens, that we look to see the good in other people, even if they are diametrically opposed to what we believe. You know, it's so basic, but we need to hear that. And to uh, Pete Davidson's uh, credit, whose father was a firefighter who lost his life in a tower in 9-11, that, uh, that he apologized, I think, last night on SNL. And um, it was good of SNL to do that. 
And uh, so Crenshaw appeared on the same stage as uh, Pete Davidson. And uh, uh, it's actually kind of a, I thought it was kind of a touching scene, actually. It, it, it was uh, to have the two together and um, to see Pete apologizing for that. Um, you can find it on media if you haven't seen the little video, the little segment of, on SNL. But, but the thing is, when you and I suffer personal injury, then we should have the Christian disposition to turn the other cheek, to let it go. Just let it go. Man, I just wish more people could just do that from the very top down, actually. So if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also, says Jesus. You know, to hit a person on the right cheek, you would normally, you know, use the back of your right hand, right? And it's interesting that according to Jewish rabbinical law, to hit a person with the back of the hand was twice as insulting as to hit him with the flat of the hand. So then what Jesus is saying is this, even if a person uh, insults you in the most premeditated, degrading way, you must not under any circumstances retaliate and insult him in return. You must not give in to resentment or to the desire for revenge. Let it go. And that is, admittedly, it's very hard, right? Uh, to let go of hurt and resentment. Um, to not respond in kind and to repay evil for evil. It's hard not to do that because we love getting even. We love even the thought of getting even. If somebody has hurt us, you know, I bet uh, we stay awake at night just relishing uh, what we're, what we're going to do to that other person. Speaking of getting even, uh, there was a despondent woman who was walking along a beach. And there in the sand, lo and behold, was a bottle. And she took the cap off the bottle. And you know, there was a cloud of smoke, a flash of light. And out came, you guessed it, a genie. And the genie said to her, oh, I have been released from prison. It's been so cramped in here. I'm so glad to be out. Um, just to thank you, I'm going to give you three wishes. Why is it the genies only have three wishes? I don't know why. Three wishes, he says, but take care. For with each wish, your mate will receive a double, whatever you request. Double it. And the woman said, well, why? That guy's a bum. He left me for another woman. That's how it is written, said the genie. So the woman shrugged, and she gave it some, some thought. And, there were, and, uh, and then there was a, uh, there was a flash of light, and uh, she made her decision. Uh, okay, genie. Uh, I want $10 million. And poof, there was a chest full of $10 million. But in some distant place, her husband, her wayward husband, got $20 million. Jeannie asked, okay, what is your second wish? And she said, I want the world's most precious, most valuable diamond. 
And there was a uh, there was a puff of smoke and light, and then all of a sudden there there it was in her hand, this precious treasure, this most beautiful diamond ever. But then over in some distant land, uh, her husband got more diamonds. Diamonds he didn't know what to do with except to take it to the gem broker to sell them all. And he was just relishing what he would, the, the bonanza that he had just discovered. And then the, the woman said, Jeannie, is it really true that my husband gets, uh, gets $20 million instead of my 10 and has more jewels than I do? That he gets double whatever I wish for? And the genie said, that is indeed true. And then she said, okay, my third wish, scare me half to death. <laughs> Whoa. You like that story? That's a good story. To uh, refuse to retaliate when we are wrong, to repay no one evil for evil, is a principle lived by Jesus himself. I mean, it's a very high standard for all of us. It's been written in the Old Testament of him in the book of Isaiah. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. And in those trying days of Jesus, uh, Jesus' life, the, 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 the tough time, uh, he was taken by the temple guard, he was beaten, he was blindfolded, uh, and then the Romans followed up on that, and uh, the Roman soldiers beat him some more, and they put on him a, a crown of thorns pressed down upon his head, and a, a purple robe, and a scepter of, of, of reed, and they all, you know, kneeled in mocking him. Oh, the king of the Jews, you know, just making fun of him. And you know what? Jesus did not respond the way that lots of people would respond. I mean, he could have, you know, Jesus being the son of God, he could have called an army of, of angels, right, to wipe his tormentors off the face of the earth. But he took it. He took it. He didn't respond in kind. And the thing is, is that Jesus was not being a doormat. He was not being a weakling, offering no resistance to evil, but rather he showed himself to be immensely strong in the face of injustice. He was in complete control of himself and so full of love for others that he rejects all form of retaliation. He doesn't hit back, returning evil for evil, because he's freed himself of hatred and bitterness. He was actually strong because he didn't retaliate. Because you know what? When somebody hurts us, we allow those people who hurt us to have control over our feelings. They actually become sovereign over our lives. They impact us in a negative way. But if we say, if you let it go and you refuse to respond in kind, they don't have control over you, right? You're in control. See, that's the thing. It's a sign of strength not to retaliate. So Jesus is an example for all of us. Peter reminds us, and put the words on the screen, 1 Peter 
He says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And that is the key for us to take a non-retaliatory approach in life. We let go of our resentment and our bitterness and we give it to God because we know that God will be our witness and our judge. We entrust ourselves and our cause to him. Let God do the judging. That's not our job to do. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So we let it go. And in a sense, prayerfully, we give it to God and say, okay, God, you know this cause. You know my cause is right. You be my judge. You be the judge between me and, and that other guy. But if we hit back again, we only escalate the hostility that's in the world. We only make matters worse. You know, the world's store of anger goes up and up and up. We gotta stop it. We gotta stop it. We have to try harder at not being offended. <laughs> Right? So I don't know. Are, it may be that somebody in this room uh, is at odds with somebody. Uh, maybe you've been relishing, uh, you know, revenge. <laughs> maybe you've been plotting their downfall. Uh, you know, maybe you got an enemy out there that, you know, you wish harm upon. Um, but here's where we need to just turn it over to God, refuse to retaliate. And uh, follow the example of Jesus who preserved his dignity and his self-control and allowed his father to do the judging. So in saying this, I realize that holding on to resentment, a grudge, bitterness is hard to do. It's, I mean, it's easy to do, to hold on to it. It's hard to get rid of it. It's a struggle for all of us. If it was just up to us and to our own will and to our own personal resources, we would fail every time. We would just give in. Um, but we have one who comes alongside us, one who promises to live within us, and it's his spirit of love that can captivate our hearts and turn our hearts around, giving us the ability actually to even love those who would do us harm. The spirit of God enables to do what Jesus commands, but more and more of him needs to get inside of us and less ego. Entrust yourself to him who judges justly. And allow God to build a different spirit in you that transcends hatred and anger and bitterness. Let God show you how to love even as he loves, a love that goes out even to our enemies, a subject that uh, I will take up more thoroughly next week. Because if it's hard not to retaliate, it's even harder to actually love our enemy. Which means 
You all have to come back next week. You have to hear the rest of the story, right? I mean, non-retaliation, again, it's one thing, but I got to love them? I got to love them? How is that possible? It is wisdom to pray the prayer of St. Francis every day. Why don't you pray with me, would you? Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.